Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates, ready to go. OutKick 360 underway. Thursday edition is here. That means Armando Salguero is on today's show. From OutKick.com, talking NFL headlines, NFL draft. Trey Wallace will be on in hour number three. SEC and college football headlines. And coming up in 20 minutes, Major League Baseball legend Dave Stewart in the house with us at 6th and Peabody with Ehab Hero, Smoky Moonshine. As Major League Baseball expansion talk has picked up here locally, and that impacts the league across the country. And Dave Stewart's leading effort, he's leading efforts to have an expansion team placed right here in Music City as he is the face of the ownership group trying to make it happen. He'll be in studio with us coming up in 20 minutes. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Looking forward to Dave Stewart joining us. And uh, instead of doing what most of media uh, around Nashville and Tennessee does, which is complain about people making something a story, on Outkick 360, we bring the story to us and we ask them the pertinent questions so they can explain for themselves why we should be paying attention. And then we leave it up to our audience to decide whether or not you should pay attention to what's going on because there's a lot of question marks around Nashville Stars and what exactly it is they have. They have a good plan. We know that. We've seen the plan. It's very organized. Do they have the money to bring a Major League Baseball team to Nashville? It looks like the answer is no. So I'm going to ask Dave Stewart that direct question. Yeah. Well, and Paul, I'm it, skeptical. It, it's, there, there's a lot of headlines right now with – team movement, not bring a team to Nashville, but start a team in Nashville. Meanwhile, the A's and the Rays are have been rumored for the last couple of years for relocation. Nashville's been on that doorstep as well. This is specific to expansion. That's made clear in the reports. I'm, we'll, we'll dive into it and the recruiting process that's going on across Major League Baseball, as, which could change the landscape five, six, seven years from now. As Chad's buddy says all the time, who's, who's funding this project? Yes. And, uh, so we'll <laughs> let the him top question. Ask, that, yeah. ask that question. You see this little digital recorder here? This is the lifeblood for somebody like me. I don't know if I told you guys, but when I, when I was down in Palm Beach, yeah. West, West Palm Beach when I was slumming it, Palm Beach when I was living it up with the owners, I, I lost my digital recorder that looks like this. Which is initially very shocking because you, uh, this holds like 150 hours worth of stuff. I had a lot of stuff on there, most of which I was never going to listen to. I think I threw it in the side pocket of my bag and it probably slipped out in the overhead compartment. But I filed, uh, I filed claims with like the hotel, the hotel I stayed. No, I knew where I saw it last. So I filed the, with the breakers, with Southwest, with the Tampa Bay Airport, uh, or, or with the West, with the Fort Lauderdale Airport with everybody. No sign of it whatsoever. So last night, because the Titans had a thing today that I need to start tape recording again, I go to buy one at Best Buy. It's got roughly the same thing that I had, but it's an open box. And so it's discounted. It's like a 90, $97 <laughs> thing, but it's discounted $92 open box. I get on Amazon. I, I imagine you guys do this sometimes when you're buying something. It's $72 on Amazon. 
So I take it up to the front and I say, I'd like this, but at this price. Guy looks at the Amazon price, rings it up. And I said, but you should take a couple bucks off since it's open box, since it was a couple dollars off on the, on the thing. So he calls the boss over. The boss comes over. He goes, oh, we don't price match on open box. It was the only one there. So I go, well, good job losing, losing the sale. Amazon could deliver it between 4 and 8 a.m. I don't understand how Amazon works. So it was on my porch when I woke up. But why would they not give it to me for the lower price, open box, which somebody's less likely to buy, right? You don't want to buy one that's torn open. No, yeah, I never do. But, um, but I was willing to because it didn't look like anything was up with it. It was just kind of torn up a little bit. They wouldn't give me that one, but they'd give me one that was in a pristine box at $72. It makes no sense whatsoever. Chad, are you open box guy? No. For certain stuff. It like I'll buy a, I'll, It's weird. I'll buy a used car, but I'm not buying a used tape recorder. <laughs> yeah, I don't want anything in an open box. But, but this I mean, just looks like the box was torn a little I mean, bit. It is, didn't look like the recorder yeah, yeah. In, the, in the six layers of plastic had been touched. This is very much uh, like my, my grandmother on my dad's side, God rest her soul, Mama. Uh, this sounds like something she'd do at the grocery store where she's looking for dented cans <laughs> and trying <laughs> to get a deal. Like she, she feels like they're still in the barter system. You know, hey, what if I just gave you 10 cents for this can that's dented? And she was always looking for a deal. This, this seems very un-PK-like to search out the open box. I didn't search it out. It was the it only, was one, the only one. That's all. Had. That's the only option I, you had. But in a store, I just never think to go to the person... I assume that if you're working the register or a cashier at a store or even a manager... You have the power. I assume you don't have the power to change the price on whatever that barcode says. I'm not going up to it and saying, hey, uh, since this box was a little bit open or the plastic was ripped, can you take $5, $10 off of that price? Well, I, it starts with I just with assume the, they don't have the starts, power to do that. It starts with the matching Amazon because I don't think Best Buy exists if it doesn't match Amazon. And I've not bought anything at Best Buy in the last 10 years without looking at Amazon first and, and, and seeing. I mean, it's substantially marked down almost everything at Best Buy. I don't know if our tech guys find that to be the case, but virtually everything I buy at Best Buy, I could get cheaper at Amazon. They buy the reason cost. I'm getting it at Best Buy is because I want it in my hands right now as opposed to and waiting to a day. So you well, I, just, I, I don't say that to say it's a disrespect to cashiers and the work they do. To me, it's a disrespect to the lack of common sense of being able to do something on the fly right now with big companies. So which I, just, I got it from happening. Amazon, which actually could deliver it between 4 and 8 a.m. There you go. But I still wanted to see floor models to compare instead of shopping online. Well, what would have been initially. great is if you told Amazon, can you find one where the box is open, open. and knock off $2 <laughs> off of it and see if you could haggle with them. I was just kind of being a wise-ass when I asked that. I said, it's discounted for the box being open, so it seems like it should be also be discounted for the box being open after you match the price. That was me being PK with the wise ass, not PK the cheapster. Meanwhile, you know, I, I don't even look at the price and you just walked on out? a lot of stuff. I said, well, you lost the sale. I need the tape recorder tomorrow, and I'm not going to pay 20 bucks more than it is on Amazon. Do you think that that worker at uh, Best Buy care? They don't give a damn, no. <laughs> this is not like a mom-pop operation you went to that's like, oh, man. Can't put food on my kid's table now after missing that sale. Sorry, sir. No. but Reminds I bet- me of that comedy skit where the guy's doing all the gripes from people at work. That they, they hear they and then care. responding yeah. with the evil music yeah. of what they should say. But if I go by there in two weeks, that tape recorder is definitely hanging on that peg, unsold in the open box. I don't know. I think if someone needs it, they're not going to worry about it, and they're just going to buy it. 
Richard Schultz, uh, the, the owner of Best Buy, the CEO, uh, lives in St. Paul, Minnesota. And He's today hurting. he got a memo. He's hurting. That a man needing man, a tape recorder. In Brentwood, Tennessee. Left without making the sale. I just got a note that our sales are down at the Brentwood <laughs> store. Um, because we're not doing price I'm match on open I'm call an emergency meeting in with all managers and associate managers at this location. Store number 175. And he's going to fire most of them. I have a theory on Best Buy. I think it'd be out of business if it weren't for monstrous TVs. Because uh, you can get everything cheaper at Amazon. If you're ordering stuff this size, it's not a problem. But you can't order a giant TV to be delivered to your house. It's too dangerous. We've discussed this before, but Amazon is threatening to run every actual brick-and-mortar store out of business. I mean, you could say that Best about Buy everything. Will per- persevere because of the giant TV. Well, I go to Instagram and I immediately inundated with seventeen things I want to buy. They've got the algorithm down pat. They know what I've clicked on before, and every piece of clothing that comes on Instagram is something I want to buy. Am I going to Nordstrom Rack to buy it, or am I buying it right there from my phone? Well, you might. Some of those places might stay in business because there are enough people that want to try on their clothes. And walk out knowing something fits instead of trying on three at home and sending two back. Scary, scary world, man. You buy one too many things from Amazon, and eventually that Best Buy becomes a meth den. Actually, because it's closed down. I, I, I don't like the lack of privacy. We cause and about effect, this. Paul. Cause and effect. I don't like the lack of privacy, but I do like the convenience. That is what I'm shopping for, and there it is on my phone, and it's rather convenient. I just think it's very optimistic of you to think that the person there could knock more off the price, even if they had the authority to. Well, I, I think they would have knocked off the price if they didn't have the policy that they don't price match on open box items, which is a ridiculous policy. Sounds like a made-up policy to me on the spot. They made it up yeah. on the spot. They sized me up, and they're like, oh, we don't yeah. like this guy. We remember him. From Someone when, once told David Reed, <laughs> from when he bought that we don't price match on open ago. box cereal, and Reed bought it anyway. Um, you know, you, just, you make it up as you go. They they might, took it, it worked yesterday. Yeah, it, yeah just Reed give just it took to it. You. That's, why, might, that's why I open the boxes. They might hate me from when I bought that adapter three months ago. Jay Wright retires That's after crazy. 21 years as head coach at Villanova. It's also crazy that he's 60. Yeah, it is crazy that, he, that he's 60. Sounds like he's going into broadcasting, which is not crazy. Um, that's, that's the report, and it, that's coming from SI. Sounds like he's I – mean, there's no report as to which network he's linked to, but quite the turn for Jay Wright, who was – in effect, the, the face of college basketball, if not the face, the leader of college we basketball. We just named him to replace Coach K as the new face of college yeah, coaching. He, he was and the de facto gone. leader based on how he's led Villanova and, and how he's carried himself at the college program. And I, I can't help but think it's, um, it's, a, it's a trend that we're seeing now amongst the, the veteran coaches, Chad, of uh, the money influx and uh, the recruiting changes, name, image, likeness, and some of the greats have stepped away from the game. Well, he's made enough money. He said, I want to spend more time with family. You can do that and do television and make a lot of money doing TV. He also said he's taking a role at Villanova. He's going to be some – I see it as something like an ambassador a la Steve Spurrier at Florida. He's going to be in fundraising yeah. and administration, Handshaking. wear a number of hats, but he's going to be around the program in some way, which is smart for him and smart for Villanova. I think we've entered an era where it's now a young man's game. And I think either you want it and you can go make a lot of money as a college coach or you've done it long enough and you've seen it a different way and you look around and say, yeah, I don't want to build and rebuild my roster every year in the transfer portal. Sorry. They took one transfer last year at Villanova. They're going to have to do more and more of that moving forward. And I I think 
that was a contributing factor. Jay Wright hasn't come out and said that explicitly, but I absolutely think NIL, Transfer Portal, is going to be the tipping point for a number of coaches that can retire or could go do something else. Jay Wright could go coach in the NBA also. There's going to be jobs that come Said, up that are going to come and do indications it. Indications are, though, that he's not interested. He's resisted four, four A's in the past and that it's not his well, speed. And he's, now, yeah. I'd love for he him to He wants to spend be, more time with family. How about if he's too. the national team coach so and when the national team well, surfaces <laughs> when the national team surfaces for, for the Olympics and, uh, and world championships or whatever, he could come forward, do that, step back. That'd be great if he could just do that. That could satisfy your coaching urges, but then you're not coaching full-time. I was thinking about that last night. Here's another thing I was thinking about last night. Um, And I don't know how much of a carrot this would be for a guy like Jay Wright, but imagine if basketball had a legitimate Hall of Fame where you're not inducted during your career after you do something Mm. a lot less than Jay Wright has done. And that Jay Wright, even, with two national championships, wasn't a shoe-in Hall of Famer because there was a standard. And he still had that as a career accomplishment that he might want to achieve. I want, you know, I'm not saying he definitely stays because he wants to be a Hall of Fame coach, but if these coaches had something to aspire to, like I'd like to be known as one of the best college basketball coaches of my era, and I'd like to, to be in the Hall of Fame someday, I just wish that that was, a, I'm not saying again, a big factor, but I wish that was something that was out there. These guys get in the Hall of Fame. Jay Wright's probably been in the well, Hall of Fame not, for eight years. It's not as big of a deal, like you said. And, and Jay Wright's not the example because he already knows he's going to be a Hall of Famer, even if he's not officially in the Hall of Fame now. He for is. some borderline guys, maybe that would be a factor in coming back and coaching some more. Here's something interesting about USA Basketball. Grant Hill is now the head of USA Basketball, taking over for Jerry Colangelo. That is a volunteer position. They don't get paid a dime. That is like a, that seen as either? a service thing. The coaches too? I think the coaches get paid. I'm saying the head, yeah. the manager, the executive director, I think it's called, of USA Basketball, is totally a voluntary position. So Grant Hill is volunteering That's a lot to lead work. USA Basketball. And it's a lot of work they take on, but it's seen as an honor for guys that want to do it, and you do it out of service. It's not a paid position. It's a no-win job too. too. Excuse me. Uh, I mean, if you lose, you're you're terrible, and if you win, you're supposed to win. I, I know it, you said it's a young man's game, and it's becoming that. But sixty at one point was young for coaches. Um, yeah, and, and sixty that, is the new fifty. I mean, also in society, not old to me as old. I think about coaches. Period. It makes me think like of the guys above Jay Wright age wise. I mean, is Rick Barnes about to step down too? Yeah, well, it's of, Tom is. Well, I was about to ask that question. I think the answer is probably yes. Because I don't, th- I think Rick Barnes is averse, like Jay Wright is, right. to transfer portal, and I mean, he's going to do it to survive and win, and, and nil. And when I Tom say Izzo's young man, when I say young man's, age, I'm not talking chronologically. No, I'm talking newer way of thinking hasn't been around the old way a long time. That's open to all of this, and also guys that are young, hungry, and desperate to be a head coach somewhere. Not desperate, but they want it. They want it badly. Jay Wright's level of want with all he's done, doesn't match that of a 29, 30-year-old assistant who's looking to be a head coach somewhere that's going to be way more open to the new way of college sports. But also, shouldn't he be able to function the old way? Recruit uh, the way he did? I I think the only way you can function the – I don't think anyone can, honestly. I was going to say, if you're at like a mid-major that's got such an established culture where you get guys in and they stay for four years, that's how you do it. 
But that's not happening because those programs now are losing guys. Belmont, right down the road here in Nashville, was one that never would have lost a guy to transfer. Now they're losing guys to move up a level. Young man's game for college hoops and a rich man's game for the wealthy who can get into Major League Baseball ownership or any pro sports league. Dave Stewart's trying to do that with the Nashville Stars. He joins us in studio at 6th and Peabody coming up. Outkick 360, excited to partner with Aurora Nutriscience, a trusted partner that keeps us at Outkick 360 mentally sharp and healthy. Aurora delivers your supplements where you need them the most, your body. You're seeing vitalifescience.com. This is where you can see more information, vidalifescience.com. Our Outkick 360 season ticket holders receive a 15% discount with the code OUTKICK360. Again, OUTKICK360 is the code for 15% off. Typical pills, capsules, not well absorbed, but here's Aurora, unique cutting-edge nutritional and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. To receive all the great benefits and see everything that Vital Life Science has to offer through Aurora Nutriscience, visit vitalifescience.com, V-I-D-A, lifescience.com. Use the code OUTKICK360 for 15% off at checkout, vitalifescience.com. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody in downtown Nashville, which is uh, the heart of a big story across Major League Baseball right now where three-time World Series champion pitcher Dave Stewart is leading efforts to bring an expansion franchise here to Music City. <coughs> There's a lot of movement around some current teams in Major League Baseball and whether or not they're going to be playing in the city they're currently playing in. And then is Major League Baseball willing to expand beyond the current markets. We welcome in Dave Stewart, who joins us in studio while he's in Music City. He'll be spending a lot more time here coming up for sure. Dave, great to, great to see you. Great to have you in studio. Man, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Where do you start on an effort like this? How long, how long ago were you approached with the, the Nashville Stars and then the idea of Major League Baseball here in Nashville? Well, uh, my business partner, John Lohr, um, moved here from, from Northern California four years ago. Um, and at that time, John had started doing the demographics. He started um, really figuring out the city and what the city was about um, and if there would be a fit for baseball here. Shortly after John moved here, um, Major League Baseball announced that Nashville would be amongst the cities that they would consider for expansion. 
And then that started the ball rolling. Uh, quite frankly, it went from there. There's some big names on this list uh, and some real heavy hitters. <clears throat> I think the number one question that I get and that I have, Dave, is it's going to be over $2 billion to bring an expansion team from Major League Baseball. So the money end of it, you said this has been going on for, for four years. Is this right now still in the let's find more investors process? Or do you feel financially like you're getting close to what's needed in order to bring an expansion team to Nashville? The plan looks great. And everyone looks at it and says, boy, this looks awesome. Sign me up. I guess my question is, where's the money coming from at this point? Well, I mean, obviously $2 billion plus, actually, because you're going to have to have reserves once you have the team. So $2 billion plus is not an easy amount of money to raise. Um, I have a pretty good idea of, of, of a core group of people that I can approach about investing in the team, and I think that they're going to be a yes. Um, but when you're raising that kind of money, you're always looking for investors, I guess is the best way to put it. In terms of uh, any kind of public funds, obviously uh, timing isn't great because Nissan Stadium is on its last legs. The state is committed $500 million if it's, if it's uh, enclosed, so that means it'll yes. be a dome. And the uh, city's still, still sorting things out as to how to fund it. But the odds that they're going to be involved in, in uh, a baseball stadium seem slim. They just built the soccer stadium also. Yes. So uh, ca can you do this without much public help? It is our belief that we can, yes. Um, we believe through, through um, the, the fundraising process that we will have money for, uh, for the stadium, and we will also be able to uh, get enough money to do the actual development. And you're going to have development partners as well. So... Um, when, you, when you go through that process, um, we believe that we'll be able to get this all taken care of. How about land? And, and uh, you know, everybody, I, I don't know about everybody, I think because of the way Nashville is, it would be terrific, terrific to continue to have everything downtown. But it's also really hard to have everything downtown. Atlanta's got a great setup outside of downtown, and there are a lot of places probably here, Rutherford County, uh, Williamson County, where I live, that would probably like to have a, a, a ballpark and, and the city probably in a lot of ways wouldn't mind traffic going the other direction once in a while and, uh, and any kind of tax burden, no matter how small, falling on somebody else. Well, uh, well we've looked at several sites. Uh, obviously, probably the, the, the best scenic site would be here at the East Bank. But, um, you know, obviously the, the Titans have a, have a pretty good grip on that, and we haven't had very much luck um, in, in, in um, convincing the city that it would be a good idea to have a baseball team there. And so we've entered into conversations with TSU, uh, which TSU has, a, I think the grand total of land is 106 acres. Um, and in that, in that partnership, once it's formed, um, we will have a checklist of things that uh, is required by the, by the college. Um, they're going to need residential for, you know, the students. Um, they're looking at redoing their football field. I mean, there's some other, other cosmetic things that are going to be needed with the college. Um, and then from that point on, you know, we have a plan for a, a major development of hotels, retail, businesses, um, uh, shops along with the baseball stadium. And the baseball stadium, if you've not seen the renderings, is going to be a 42,000-seat stadium. 
Um, we're doing that stadium, uh, celebrating the 42s in celebration of Jackie Robinson, uh, but also involved in that stadium in a, in a, it will be a side venue for entertainment. And we're hoping that we can, we can attract, and we already have attracted some of the, the, the entertainment of section here in Nashville to do concerts so that this venue can be used for both baseball and other, other sports inside the baseball arena, but also concerts. So it's going to be a beautiful, uh, it's going to be a beautiful arena, a beautiful setup. Dave Stewart, our guest in studio. Uh, how much of this, Dave, are, are, <clears throat> is the group having to recruit against the other franchises who have been rumored to be on the move, where ownership would want to bring their team here, and that would, in essence, lock your group out if the owner doesn't want to sell? A's, Rays, maybe another franchise. How much of what you're doing is, is in efforts with Major League Baseball and Nashville to put an expansion team here rather than reload a, relocate a team here? Well, I mean, first of all, we're open to relocation uh, if we're the owners. Right. Uh, but the A's don't fit here because of alignment. Um, the, the West Coast team is not going to come this far in alignment. Obviously, Tamp is, is on the other side. Uh, but it would be my guess, and, and I'm not saying something that I've heard um, and so I don't want to be quoted that this was said to me, but it would be my guess that you have expansion cities. If, if, if Vegas, for example, is going to be taken away as an expansion city, Major League Baseball wants to keep those properties. They want to keep the expansion cities, and they would prefer that the teams, Tampa and Oakland, build in the, in the area that they're in, in the market that they're in. And, and so I don't think that it's an easy grab for a team to come into an area that's been designated for expansion and just move and relocate a team here. I don't think it's going to be that easy. I think that they would prefer expansion. For your group, does it have to be Nashville? Is it Nashville or bust based on the efforts you've put in here? Well, we've been here. We believe that Nashville is the place. Nashville is a growing city. We've got people coming to Nashville from all parts of the country. We are a minority slash diverse group, and we think that our message and who we are as a team is exemplary of what Nashville is. So you, you've spoken with Rob Manfred. You talked about conversations with him about the first emphasis is on the teams that may be moving and seeing what happens there with Tampa and Oakland. Uh, you mentioned you're probably going to meet with him again in, in May. What have those conversations been like from the league's end in terms of their interest in the city of Nashville and what you and your group are putting together? In, in terms of, well, the league, you know, I've spoken to a handful of owners, and the owners that I've spoken to are excited about the opportunity to have a, a major league franchise here, and they're also excited about what we presented as, as an organization. Um, and their response has been that they're so excited about it that they want to keep involved in this and know what we're doing, know the step-by-step, -step, as is the commissioner's office. They want to know the step-by-step -step what we're doing, and they want to keep it with their ears length. They've offered, uh, they've offered opinions and suggestions if something comes up, um, and it's been an open line. We've been very, very well received. You know, there's been talk about a Tampa-Montreal split season. Uh, it's kind of the, the foot in the door to Montreal. Rob Manfred has discussed four different markets, uh, Vegas, Nashville, Montreal, and I think Charlotte as four cities he's interested in. So this is not you know, breaking news here that he's interested in Nashville. Dave, do you feel like there is a pecking order of cities in terms of Major League Baseball interest or even the owners you've spoken with 
their interest in different markets. And where would you put Nashville on that list of four markets? Well, f first of all, the expansion is going to be two teams. It's not just going to be one. Um, and then the second part of it is Nashville, my guess, and I think that my gut is pretty good, is number one. Uh, this is the number one city um, for expansion. It, are they A's on the move? Are they headed to Vegas? You know, being close to that situation, um, what I do know is this. They have a vote that's coming up in June. Um, if that vote does not go in favor of the A's, um, I've had several conversations with their owner. He is not going to sell that franchise, and if the, and, but he does not want to continue to play baseball. Rightfully so. He doesn't want to continue to play baseball at the Oakland Coliseum. It's, it's an old facility. It's got a lot of problems. That is not where he wants to play. And so if this vote does not go in his favor in June, I think he's not going to be left with very many alternatives except to move that franchise. How bad was that place when you were there? Yeah. <laughs> Much you less know, now. It's tough for me to say how bad it was at that time. That was many, many years ago. It wasn't, there wasn't a Mount Davis out there, that big structure in outfield. It was a beautiful facility to play in when, when, when I was there. It was newer. Um, it was a small locker room, but in that period of time, I think Oakland fit with all of the other ballparks that were in the league at that time. I thought it was a great place to play. I love pitching there because I had a lot of foul territory and a lot of outs. Why are they so anti-new stadium? Why are they so anti-new stadium? It, it's, it's needed. Um, it's needed. It's, it's a $12 billion development in the downtown section of, of Oakland. It's going to be off the water. Um, similar to what uh, Pac Bell is, where the where the Giants play, um, and if you look at what baseball has done with new facilities and new developments around the facilities, it's enhanced the areas that 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 that's around mm -hmm. it. It's been great for the economy economy of the cities that 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 they do these these developments in, and being from Oakland and knowing the city, this will be such a mistake if they don't vote this, vote this project through. You're a great pitcher uh, with endurance, which a lot of pitchers today don't seem to have. I understand the specialization of bringing in uh, a reliever for a certain matchup, but why is there such load management for pitchers now? <laughs> the arm has not changed, I'm not imagining. What's your theory on, on, on why four and two-thirds is such a satisfactory start nowadays where in your day I, I imagine there would be some shame yeah, the, in only lasting that long the sport has changed um in the minor league system when these players are drafted and the the pitchers go into the system um their pitch counts are low um and in more cases than not they don't pitch more than five innings in the minor leagues um analytics um which is good or bad and i believe that there's good to it and there's bad to it I think the bad to it is that it doesn't allow people to really learn about themselves. In a, pitcher's, in a pitcher's case, they don't learn how to maneuver themselves out of the fifth inning into the sixth inning and the sixth inning into the seventh inning and so on and so forth. Um, analytics says that the third time through the lineup, beware. And the fourth time, there's going to be a problem. And so with baseball going in that direction, um, that's the belief of the game now. We're looking at the game now where you got pitch calm. You look at the game, you got a pitcher, he put, takes his cat off, cap off, and he pulls out a sheet, 
because they don't understand what it is to watch the swing path of a hitter. They don't understand to, how to pitch on the inside part of the plate, how to set hitters up. You've got outfielders that are looking at that same sheet, and it's telling them which direction to go, which direction not to go, versus playing the count. If it's an 0-2 count, it's not real likely that this guy's going to pull the ball. Or if it's a 3-0 count, he, you know, there's a pretty good chance this guy's going to hit the ball. He's going to be pull, pull conscious. And so the sport has just changed. It's not really allowing the players today to think on their own and to really understand the game and how it's supposed to be played. We were looking yesterday at Garrett Cole's numbers since the revision to the spider attack and, and all of that stuff. He's really fallen off. How much of that mental, how much of that physical, and, and how much of an issue do you think there is with, with pitchers gripping the baseball, or how much should guys have adjusted by now to life as it is? You know, I haven't thrown with today's baseballs, but I can tell you this, in my time, I, I threw with all kinds of baseballs. I played in Mexico with Mexican League baseballs. I played in Caracas, Venezuela with Venezuelan baseballs. I played in Dominican with Dominican baseballs, and I played in the major leagues where the size of baseballs and the fields of baseball and the seams of baseball were all different. So I'm not too sure that I'm buying the, 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 the sticky substance have an effect as much as it is mental for him. His velocity hasn't changed. Um, and so I believe that it takes some mental adjustment on his part. But one thing that I do believe, I believe that great pitchers are going to be great in the end. He's having a tough April, and he may even have a tough middle of May, but I think that the cream is going to rise to the top. And he's going to show himself, and he's going to be fine. They're making an HBO show right now about the 80s Lakers. I feel like they could do the same thing for the 80s A's, the teams you played on. I mean, Dennis Eckersley, Ricky Henderson, Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco, yourself. Yeah. There were some big personalities uh, in, that, in that clubhouse. What was it like being around that group? And does one player that you played with maybe stick out above the rest as, okay, this is the biggest character of them all? The biggest character was, was Dave Parker, without a doubt. And he was the most – he was the most fun of all, of all the teammates that I've ever played with. Dave Henderson was a great teammate. And let me tell you a story about Dave Henderson and Dave Parker, if I got oh, time. Oh, absolutely. So as you both know, Dave Henderson had the, had the gap in, his, in, in the front of his mouth. And this is Dave Parker. Dave Parker makes every situation light. So our, our clubhouse, I mean, our grounds crew guy, Clay, comes in and he says, he comes in with Dave Parker. And Dave Parker walks in and he says, he walks over to Dave Henderson, he's a Hindu. He said, uh, we, can't get, we can't get the first baseline and the third baseline down because we don't, have any, we don't have a chalk machine. He says, why don't you put some chalk in your mouth and go outside and spit down the first baseline? <laughs> <laughs> so he's the best of, of, of teammates. But, I mean, everybody, you know, had their own different, different personality. Eck. Believe it or not, for as many games as he saved and as many games as he won, he was always nervous. He was a nervous personality. He smoked a pack of cigarettes before he went out for the ninth inning. Carney Lansford, we called him the red ass because he would get mad about anything and everything, and he would tell anybody off on the team. Ricky Henderson was a prankster and a jokester and liked to get in the back of the plane and play poker with the guys. And when he won, everybody on the plane knew because he was saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so we had, we had our different characters, and, but it, it made the personality of our team. You know, and, you know, Jose Canseco, 
was Jose. I mean, he was drove fast cars, did everything. I'll tell you a story about Jose. You know, Jose, we'd come back off a road trip and Jose was always late. And so Tony had gotten tired of, of players being late and he didn't want to point anybody out in the clubhouse. And so he had a meeting and he says, the next player that's late, at the end of the meeting, he said, the next player that's late, he says, you might as well just come into the stadium with, with the check in your hand. So we get back the next day at a, at, in the stadium. We're playing at home and players parked in Centerfield. We come through Centerfield. And Hosey's a half an hour late. We're in BP. We're a half an hour late. So he walks through center field holding a check in his hand <laughs> right down the middle of, of So, I mean, we had our guys, but it was a great team. We had great teams. We had great personalities. You know, you'll never run into a period of time when you got Harold Baines, Willie McGee, and Dave Parker all on the same team. One year we traded for Willie McGee when he was winning a National League batting title. That's how good we were. Well, the, the, you mentioned Dennis Eckersley smoking. There's the famous photo of Dave Parker with the Pirates taking a drag off a cigarette in the dugout, and I immediately thought about that. Was that happening with the A's also? Well, in that period of time when Parker was with the, with the Pirates, it was actually allowed to smoke in the dugout. Yeah. It was. I mean, Jim so Leland, great. when he was – Jim Leland, who was notorious for, for firing up a cigarette in the dugout, used to do that. But on our teams, in our period of time – that stopped being allowed because there were more cameras in the dugout and there was more awareness and we couldn't do it. Those wind sticks, as we would call them. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Leland was known to freight train a cigarette or two during a game, that's for sure. Uh, could, could, uh, could teams today have the same personality, the outgoing personality and the same types of behind-the-scenes stories? Could they get away with it now? No, there's too much social media. There's just too much of it, uh, you know, FaceTime and real-time and – and Instagram, and yeah. you know, I used to tell people that back in my day, shoot, if, they, if we'd have had all that stuff, shoot, I would have been a reality show. Yeah. <laughs> the team. <laughs> Me. Oh. <laughs> hey, HBO's online, too. They may pick up the rights to your story, Dave. Get ready. And I, I wonder, like, uh, 20 years from now, will we have players today sit in the studio and tell stories the way you're telling them? You know, I don't know that there'll be as many stories because in my time, we spent a lot of time yeah. together in yes. the clubhouse. We'd get to the park early and we would leave late. It wasn't uncommon for us after a game. You know, Carney Lanchard sitting on one side with a bag of ice on his back, shoulder, and knees. Parker's got ice on both his knees and on his neck. You know, Dave Henderson ice in, in a tub of, of, of Bud Light sitting on the floor watching Sports Center talking about the game and what we did, what we didn't accomplish, and what we want to accomplish going forward. Um, those times don't happen now. The, today's players are, are get to the park early, but they get to the park early so they can hit the spread because they didn't want to eat at home or whatever the yep. case may be. And then after the game, they're in a hurry to get out of there. Clubhouse is empty within 15, 20 minutes after the game. And so – I don't know that there'll be as many great stories as, as, as I might be able to tell you or guys from my time. If you guys ever get a chance, you should get Johnny Bench in here, man. He's got a ton of them. I'd love that. Um, give us on the way out, Dave, the, the timetable. What should we be looking for? And I know you've got a lot of meetings ahead of you with all this. Are we talking next five years, next eight years? Is it, you know, we're going to know something with the next 
18 months. How fast could this move along, MLB expansion and your group actually knowing one way or the other if Nashville's in the mix? Well, first, let me say this. We, we have to sound like a politician there, didn't I? First, <laughs> let me say this. Uh, we, we've got to get the, the situation solved with the A's and Tampa, and I think that the A's situation is going to take care of itself pretty soon, within a year. Tampa, I don't know that they're on track to get very much done there anytime soon. Their contract is up there in 2027. So I believe if something should happen with both those teams in the, in, in, in the sooner, then we would be talking about expansion in three to four years. Um, I think that five years is going to be far out, and the reason why I say that is because I believe that Major League Baseball, the commissioner, is going to push for something to be done. Um, you know, we, we just had a lockout. And I think that even though it wasn't a big dent and there's going to be 150, 62 games, the fans remember this. They remember the 94 strike. Um, and it took Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa to bring that back. And so they remember things like that. Expansion is good for baseball. It's good for the fans. People are looking forward to it. The owners are looking forward to it. They're going to be spitting, splitting $4 billion amongst themselves. It's good for the game. And so I believe that it's, it's sooner. I think five years is, is too far off. I would say we should look someplace between three and four years because I think baseball, the commissioner, is going to intervene in the movement of those two teams and make something happen. Dave Stewart has been our guest in studio here at 6th and Peabody while he's in Music City. Great to finally meet you in person. Thank Thanks you so for much. the time. And best of luck on your way in. We'll, we'll be in the ballpark opening day when Thank it happens. Thank you, and I'm looking forward if it to happens. it. When are you Thank back you. in town? Feel free to swing back, back by. Let's tell some stories. I, yeah. I look forward to coming in. Seven to awesome. ten days, I'll be back. We could do a regular show. Hey, we, hey, hey. We're <laughs> in a brewery, so we can ice down a bucket yeah, of that's beers what I also. Like about yeah, we, I hear that we can relive the old Dave Henderson days. I hear they're doing moonshine tasting in here. Right behind you right now. Hey, man, my grandmother used to keep a jar of that underneath the sink. There you go. We'll take you back. We'll hook you up with a jar on your way out if you want. Uh, Dave Stewart has been our guest in studio. Let's unpack a little bit. No doubt. No doubt. You're listening to Outkick 360. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coming up later in today's show, an Instagram live video reveals some contract discussion with Debo Samuel and AJ Brown on the other line. We've got that up at outkick.com as well as uh, details coming up later on the show. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Armando Salguero will join the show in roughly 30 minutes. Looking forward to that conversation as well. Trey Wallace in hour number three. So the, the gist of the answer to Chad's big question about who's funding this project, which yes. is one of Chad's That's usually questions. the top question, by the way, of every project, right. is who's funding it. Is, is Dave Stewart basically said, I wrote down three words to, to key my memory. We have people we can approach who we think are going to say yes. That is way too vague and way not firm enough and way off in the distance. He's saying three, four years. He's saying, I think I have people who have money who will say yes. 
That, that's that's cl- very close to no, <laughs> or I don't have people. I need people who are in. Yeah, they, they're, there's clearly not the billionaire benefactor, right, that's, that's coming through to just put their name to it and say, this is it, we're bringing a team to Nashville, Major League Baseball, come with and- us. Compared to what they have, if a billionaire benefactor comes walking in and has his own, his or her own deal, what do they need these guys for? They'll that, have their that, own but deal. I, I will that say, to me is the big question. I will say, though, whatever they have behind the scenes, I mean, every detail's not out. and We know there's not a billionaire. They would have that out there. Um, whatever they have behind the scenes is getting enough movement behind the scenes with the decision makers to get FaceTime with Governor Bill Lee in Tennessee, which he met with this week, speaking of Dave Stewart. Um, He said in mid-May he'll be meeting with Rob Manfred. Whatever they're doing as a collective group is doing enough to get a seat at the table yeah, they've got to discuss some something. But, they, but somebody comes in over them the with money us, and they the go away. If three of us said, hey, we're going we're gonna, to uh, start a bid to get the Nashville Stars here, I'm not sure if anyone well, would call here's, us back. Okay, they've been no. doing this for four years. So let's clarify. This is a four-year process. This is the same as Nashville SC before John Ingram. It worked out. That's a out. good comparison. That's exactly what it is. There's a great plan Much in bigger place. scope. It looks great. I read their plan. I see the stadium mm-hmm. plans. I see what they're trying to do from an organizational standpoint. I love sitting here talking to Dave Stewart, who's a great figurehead and leader of your organization and forward-facing person. And I think this is all great. Show me a billionaire. Yeah. Bring on a billionaire, and you can get this thing done. John Ingram joining Nashville SC made that a reality for the MLS. It's not a reality without a billionaire and John Ingram being a part of it. They have to find their billionaire, and to me the big question, Paul, you brought it up, is this. Why would a billionaire or group of billionaires need them? They just come in and buy the team and present that to Major League Baseball. That's going to be the hurdle for them to clear. And it's a bit backwards. And it's a big hurdle. Look, well, I know the Titans are established and everything, but what they need first is the agreement with the city before they have the stadium plan. I, I wonder, you don't go stadium plan first and get a team later. It's not the conventional way. Is part way. of this meeting with Rod Manfred in May similar to what the NFL was trying to do with Robert Smith, the billionaire uh, minority owner who they wanted to be the, the owner of the Denver Broncos? Yeah. They approached him and he said, no, thank you. Is Manfred going to meet with them about another minority owner to come in over the top and bring a franchise to Nashville. One thing's for sure, though, expansion's happening in Major League Baseball. Uh, That was made clear with our visit there with Dave Stewart. Headlines next to Outkick 360.